0: Turn with me, please, in the scriptures to the book of Psalms, the 55th psalm, and then we'll go over to the book of Genesis, I believe. And I'd ask you to believe with me this evening for utterance. We believe the Lord is here, yes. His Spirit's here. Yes. Let's focus on Him, not me focusing on you, not you focusing on me. Let's focus on Him. And let him speak to us. And let him minister to us. Do you believe the Lord could say something to you that would just change your life? He could speak something to you that would answer something maybe that's been perplexing you or hindering you for a long time. He could just say it. And you see it. And know it. Make the adjustment. And that's it. Do you believe that? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Lord's not trying to figure this out for us. He already knows. He's not looking for the answer. He is the answer. And if we'll listen to him, he'll show it to us too. Let's, uh, we're going to Psalm 55. Let's pray before we read the scripture. Father, in Jesus' name, we're agreeing, coming together in heart and faith, touching this, asking you for utterance. For the anointing, for your anointing on our minds and our hearts, our eyes and ears, that we might see, hear, and know, and perceive, and understand, and receive revelation, light, truth, a supply of the Spirit, exactly what you'd have us to see and know, exactly what we need right now, and that you'd show us what's to come next. And the next steps into your plan for our life. In any area that we've thought wrong. In any area that uh, we've been deceived. uh, We ask for light. And thank you for uncovering the ploys and works of the enemy. And we confess that we'll know the truth. And we'll be doers of the truth. And the truth will make us free. And we'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Somebody say, I'm a, doer. I'm, a doer. I'm, a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Hallelujah. In Psalm 55, did you get there? Well, you beat me. I was talking. <laughs> Psalm 55, and I believe about verse 22 Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Read that out loud. Cast your burden, Cast your burden upon, the Lord. upon the Lord. Is that what you're supposed to do with things that would burden you down? What are you supposed to do with them? Huh? My father in the faith, uh, Brother Kenneth Hagan said some years ago that uh, a lady came to and asked him, said, for prayer, and he said, what for? And she said, well, I want you to pray that the Lord would carry about half these burdens I've got. She said, I think I can carry half of them, but I can't carry all of them. If he'd just take half of them. He said, well, sister, I can't pray that. That's contrary to the scripture. Is it? Well, now you laugh, but a lot of people have the idea, you know, what is a burden? Something that weighs you down. Heaviness. Anybody ever experienced any heaviness? Something that troubled you. Something that bothered you. So what are you supposed to do with that? Well, you already know the answer. You read the verse right there. But if you hadn't read that verse in the last five minutes, what do a lot of people think? Well, pray and ask the Lord to help you carry the burden. That's not the same thing as casting it on him. Now, I think where some confusion may have come in, uh, Jesus said, Jesus uh, said, Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Well, there is a, a, a yoke of service to the Lord. But now listen to what he went on to say. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Everybody say light and easy. Light and easy. <laughs> now that's how you can tell if it's the Lord or not. Yes. Because if it's his yoke and his burden, there's going to be the grace and the anointing and the help. But if it's just heavy and there's no grace, it's just a burden and it's just heavy. That's not something you're supposed to carry. That's not something you're supposed to ask the Lord to help you carry. That's something we're supposed to throw off of us. Cast means throw it. Throw it off of us. Somebody say, cast your burden, yes. cast your burden. On, the Lord. on the Lord. You good at doing that? Yes. Yes. My said, well, I'm, I'm trying to quit trying and do it. Yes. Do it. It's, it's not a matter of whether you can or you can't. It's a decision. Yes. Now, all of us have been there trudging around, heavy, upset, bothered. But when we're doing it, we're not listening to the Lord. Because he told us what to do with that stuff. Did he tell us what to do with it? Anybody in here clear on what to do with it? (laughs) Didn't the Bible say in Philippians, be careful for nothing. First Peter, casting all your care over on him. Because he cares for you. These are New Testament verses. Say it out loud. Cast your burden on the Lord. And what will happen? He shall sustain you. We're not supposed to carry these things. We're not supposed to carry them on our heart and on our mind and with us all the time. It's not hard to figure out. You don't have to be around people very long to tell whether they're loaded up with care or not. Do you? They won't have any joy. They won't have any peace. Will they? Will they? And folks say, well, I just don't know what to do. Yeah, if you'll accept the Bible, we know what to do. Right. What do we do? Yes. What do we do? We throw that off of us onto him. Yeah. Hmm? Everybody practice. Put your hands up here. All right, this load, this burden was on top of you. It was, it was pushing you down. It was making you sad. It was making you cry. So what do you do? Come on, help me. What do you do? What do you do? Throw it off. Somebody say, well, it fell back on top. Throw it. Throw it off again. Right? Throw it off. What if it falls back on you a hundred times during the day? Throw it off every time. Why? If you say, "Well, yeah, but it's not fixed yet." And I don't know what to do yet. And so, by you being depressed and crying, that's how you're going to figure out what to do. By you being sad and moping and raining on everybody's parade, that's going to help fix everything. No, it's not. But we have a word from the Lord that if we would quit. Wallowing under the pressure of these burdens, if we would throw them on him. Come on, can you read the rest of this verse? What would happen? What did he say? He shall sustain you. Somebody say, He will sustain me. Will sustain. Say it again, he will sustain me. Ah, oh, say it with some faith. He, he will sustain me. Sustain me. There you are. I was looking for you. There you are. Say it again. He will sustain me. How are you going to make it through this thing? He will sustain me. How am I getting out of this? How am I going to make it to the other side? How am I going to get through all this stuff? He will sustain sustain me. What am I going to do with all this burden and care and fear and worry? I'm going to cast it on him. How many of if we dismissed and went home right now it would have been worth you coming out. Is that right? Just getting stirred up about this because you know faith comes by hearing. He said he'll never suffer the righteous to be moved. Those that trust in him like this and hold to him like this, he always causes them to triumph. He always does. Always. He's not going to start with you uh, not sustaining. He always has, and he always will. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I think I just want to sit right here on this for just a moment. You like this or not? Is this the word of the Lord? Is it true? So what are you going to do? No no hands raised, but has anybody been a little down over something? Don't, Don't raise your hand. Anybody been a little heavy over something? A little, felt some pressure, felt some, oh sure, sure. But there's the right way to deal with it and the wrong way to deal with it. Some people have, you know, been trained to worry From childhood, their parents and grandparents were highly developed in fear and worry. And in fact, it's just commonly, even if it's not spoken, it's assumed and understood that if you care, you worry. And if you don't worry, you're not upset when there are problems or issues, then you just don't even care. And this is completely contrary to the scriptures. It's completely contrary to what the Lord told us to do and how to live. But the problem is, if you practice carrying cares and worrying and yielding to it for years and decades and 70 years, you do it without thinking about it. You do it without even thinking about it. Something will come to you. Something that's not good. You'll hear it. You'll see it. It'll happen. And immediately you'll go into care mode. And you may try to put on a a, a good face around some other people. But in the back of your mind, it's bothering you. It's bothering you. It's a weight. It's a care. It's a worry. It's a heaviness. But... You're a strong individual. So you're going to carry them. You're going to tote your share of care. Go to the New Testament please. First Peter, let's look at that scripture we referred to just a few moments ago. Do you think we need some mind renewal? Oh we do. Cares come to us all. But that doesn't mean you have to let them stay on you. Paul said this. He talked about the cares of all the churches that came on him daily. But he's also the one that told us, be careful for nothing. See, that he, he had to learn this for himself. What does that mean? You can't prevent these feelings and thoughts From coming to you. And when things happen that are not good. Not what you want. The cares are going to come. The thoughts. The feelings. But like uh, Brother Hagin used to say also. He used to say these things are like a, a bird flying over your head. You can't prevent a bird from flying over your head. But you can prevent him from building a nest in your hair. Right? And you can't prevent a thought of worry or care or fear from coming to you. They will come. But what are you supposed to do when it comes? It's a whole lot like a bird flying up and sitting on your shoulder. Kind of like uh, Edgar Allan Poe's raven. <laughs> never more <laughs> never more he ain't making it this time oh it's bad buddy it's bad it's bad it's bad this time whoa 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 are you and if you listen to that very long if you let it stay what's going to happen next thing you know it's going to be coming out of your mouth it's bad where'd you get that who told you it was bad well, let's look around. Should you not allow that to stay there? Can you resist it? Yes. Can you stand against it? And, and, and if you'll do it in faith, does it have to leave? Yes. That was a little weak, but the answer is yes. Yes, it does. According to the scripture. First Peter five, are you there? First Peter five and seven. It says, casting the parts you can't handle. Now what? All. all. A-L-L means what? All. So how much of it are you going to continue to carry? Yes. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And we could say, and doesn't want you carrying all that stuff. He cares about you. He won't let him have it. Verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion. He's walking about seeking whom he may devour. And the good news there is that he may not devour some folks. And he goes on to say, what do you do verse 9? What do you do? You resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same things are going on with all our brothers and sisters throughout the world. There's nothing unique Happening in your life. It's the same kind of thing happening in people's lives all over the world. Some are carrying the care and letting them weigh them down and wear them out. A few know how to cast it off. Is that you? Am I talking about you? A few know how to cast that off and say, no, I'm not worrying about that. I'm not taking that. One fellow said it like this. He said, I don't worry about things. I can do something about it. Because I can do something about it. He said, nor do I worry about things I can't do anything about. Because I can't do anything about it. (laughs) What good would it do? If you can do something about it, do it. If you can't do anything about it, give it to somebody who can. Right? Don't be fooled into carrying that care until it just chews you up and gives you migraines and, and, and ulcers and everything else and and hinders and hurts your uh, relationships and your work and undermines how many understand you can't go around upset all the time without that affecting every area of your life it's going to affect every relationship it's going to affect your money, your health, everything and the enemy knows this and the Lord cares about us which is why he told us don't do that throw it on me throw it on, cast all your care over on me Somebody say, okay. <laughs> so the next time you feel it, the next time you feel that, that coming light on your shoulder, light on your, your head, light on your life, that, that heaviness, that upset, anxious, worry, fear feeling, tell me what you're going to do. Come on. What are you going to do? Say, no, you don't. No, come come on. Show me again. Put your hands up. It's not physical, but this will help you in your mind anyway. What do you do? You, you, you throw it. Throw it off on the Lord. Yes. Say, no, I'm not taking that. I'm not taking that. I'm casting all my care over on you, Lord. Lord here, here it is. You got it. I can't do anything with it, but here it is. You do something with it. Then what do you do? Be happy. <laughs> Take a nap. Eat a popsicle. Smell a flower. Come on, are y'all with me? While he works on it. Is that right? While he works on it. What did he tell you he was going to do? While you, after you had cast your care over him, he's going to sustain you. Oh, we need to be a little bit more excited about that part. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Go with me, please, to the book of Genesis. I believe it's the 28th chapter. Genesis 28. Anybody been reading your chapters? Yes. Are you getting anything out of these? Yes. Man, these uh, these accounts that God has given us of these, these men and women and their lives and, and their faith exploits, they just, I remember reading them when I was a teenager for the first time seriously. And looking back now, I can see that God ministered things into me. I didn't even know it at the time. But when I'm reading about Abraham, I'm reading about Moses, I'm reading about David and his mighty men, things about the honor of God, the faith of God, character, integrity, all of these things begin to get in me from the Word of God. I didn't even know it was happening, but looking back now, I can see it. And uh, uh, so you are not wasting your time feeding on these things. Everybody needs to do it. And if you've read it 10,000 times, what should you do? Read it again. You'll get something else out of it this time, won't you? Uh, Genesis 28 is the story of uh, Jacob. Now you know how that uh, Jacob had tricked his brother Esau and uh, got the blessing but really, you know, Esau had sold it to him he didn't respect it. But anyway, Esau's wanting to kill him now. And so they sent him, his father and mother sent him away uh, out of the, the local country there to uh, his relatives, Laban and his kinfolks. And so uh, Jacob is out there by himself and he has an experience where, where he sees the angels of God. And the Bible said after he saw this, verse 19, uh, Genesis 28:19, he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, and he said, if God will be with me and will keep me in the way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment or clothes to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I've set up for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will surely give the tenth to you. His father was a tither, and uh, before him a tither, and he knew about tithing. And he's making a commitment because at this point, you know in those days, if you were a hundred miles away, they'd probably never hear from you again. Travel wasn't like it is now, and, and there were so many things that could happen. A lot of people just went on a 20-mile trip and were never heard from again. <laughs> it was, you know, maybe a lion got them, a bear, uh robber. That's right, robbers, whatever, you know. And uh, anyway, he's out there by himself, just a young guy. He's got nothing. He doesn't know anybody. And so you know he had these feelings and thoughts coming on him. He's out there camping by himself. in the wilderness and he said God if you'll help me and help me get through this and help me come out on the other side and wind up back with my my family and my people. He's talking about more than just a day or two here isn't he? More than just a month or two or a year or two. He said Lord please do that for me and I'm going to commit to you as you keep me you're going to be my God. And I'm going to tithe. Well, let's look, fast forward several years later to see what happened. In what is it? The 48th chapter, I believe it is. 48. And down in verse 15. Jacob or Israel is now old. How many know when the Bible calls you old? You old. He's old, and uh, he, he's getting time soon for him to leave. And he speaks blessing over all of his his uh, kids and his eventually all of his kids and grandkids here. And he blessed Joseph. And he said, God before whom my fathers this is 48:15, uh, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me. All my life long, unto this day, do you think he's thinking about that night? He camped out there under the stars and didn't have any, you know, later on after, uh, oh, what was it, that 14 plus years of being over there with Laban, uh, you know, Jacob was tricky. His name was Supplanter and he tricked his brother. But thing about tricking people and sowing tricking is you get to reap tricking, multiplied, is that right? And when he got hooked up in business with Uncle Laban, Uncle Laban taught him things about tricking people that he never heard of. (laughs) He did. And Jacob just kept getting caught. I guess he just wasn't reading the fine print or something. But the Bible said that Laban changed the deal on him and changed his wages 10 times. Ten times he got the better of the boy in the deal. But you know, in spite of all that, God blessed him anyhow. And when he left, uh, you know, he told his brother Esau when he met, when he finally did come back home. What is this, a couple of decades later or so? He said, I crossed this, this place here going with my stick. That's all he had. And he said, now I've become two bands two groups. He had herds, he had flocks, he had family, he had a lot of helpers. He was a wealthy man. Well, did God keep him? Did God sustain him? Yes. Yes, he did. And here toward the end of his life, he's saying, God which fed me all my life long unto this day, hallelujah, and the angel which redeemed me from all evil, Bless the lads, and let my name be named on them, and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. So he's speaking blessing over them. Now, uh, obviously, God kept him. God kept Jacob and sustained him in more than one way. He sustained him financially, but he sustained him, he mentioned, from evil. He could have perished a thousand times. Like we said, I mean, he could have died out there that night from some wild animal. Or he could have met some evil people on the road that killed him. Or, or, you know, a lot of folks in those days got sold into slavery and, and all kind of thing. But not only did he make it through that journey, but he made it through Laban's treatment. And then he made it through Esau's hatred. And then he made it through every up and down cycle and through every famine and boom and bust. He made it through every disease that swept through the country and every fluenza or every other thing, every plague. Is that that right? And here he is, an old man, biblically old. (laughs) And he says, I want you to know God did it. He sustained me. He did it. He kept me. Beckon, is he still keeping his people yes. that trust him? Yes. Is he still keeping us? Yes. I became convinced as, as a young man. I didn't say I was old now, but there is something in between young and old. But as a young, young guy, I became convinced that if I'd hold on to the Lord, He would keep me and I saw it one day. I got to shouting about it by myself in the speaker's room there at Ramah where I used to work. I saw it and I thought, I just just stood up and said, I'm going to make it. (laughs) Keith is going to make it. What do you mean? I'm going to make it. Why would you say that? Because I became convinced from what the Lord was telling me through his word and by his spirit that he loved me. That he loves me. He knows me. Amidst all these billions of people on the planet, he knows me. And he knows you. And he cares about me. And he cares about you. And if I will just hold on to him, if I fall, he'll pick me up. If I fall ten times, he'll pick me up ten times. You believe that? If I need help, he'll send help. Whatever it is and if I will not quit him but hold on to him that means I'm going to make it through everything yes. and run my race yes. and finish my course yes. Come on do you believe it yes. I'm believing it for me you got to believe it for you yes. And I'm going to I'm going to reach the end of what God called me to do I'm going to stick out my chest and hit the finish line I'm going to make it. Not because I'm so smart and perfect, but because God loves me and he told me that if I'd hold on to him and cast all my burdens on him, come on, are you listening? He would sustain me. So I'm going to do it. And I'm going to count on him doing it. Now one thing that would hinder you from doing that is you carrying the care. How many believe carrying care will make you old before your time? Carrying anxiety and worry and fear will wear you out. It'll overtake. One of the big reasons why the Lord told us not do this is because he cares for us. Isn't that what he said in 1 Peter? We were not designed to handle it. Our systems won't handle it. It's like caustic. It's like acid to our nerves, to our immune system, to our digestive system, to our life. Fear is caustic, worry, anxiety. It'll just eat you up. It'll chew you up. It'll wear you out. And they say, well, I can't help it. That's a lie. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I said, that's a lie. Yeah. How many are going to believe the Bible instead of what you feel and see and what other people are doing? You can live like the world and let it chew on you the rest of your life and hurt you and everything around you. Or there's another way. I said there's another way. Yeah. It's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, show me again. What are you gonna do when all this care and worry and fear comes on you and it's weighing you down and it's stealing your joy and it's stealing your peace? Come on, what do you do? You are no, you're you're gonna you're gonna think about it. And you're going to talk to your friends about how bad it is, and you're going to, you're going to worry at least for a week. What? What? Show me. Show what, what? Cast all your cares over on him. Is that right? And then what? Then what happens? He will sustain me. He sustained Jacob. He sustained Moses. He sustained David. He sustained the widow woman. Is that right? He sustained them in the wilderness. He's been sustaining people from the beginning of when there was people. And he's still sustaining all the peoples that will believe him and let him sustain them. I want you to lift up a hand and say, "I I am sustainable. Sustainable. You are a sustainable resource. Yes. I am sustainable. Yes. Now tell me what, again, your part. You have to, though, cast your cares over on him. And then let him sustain you. Jacob is telling about what had happened, how this worked in his life. Uh, go with me, please, to the 91st Psalm. There Hmm. Also known, could be known as the Psalm of the Sustained Ones. (laughs) Psalm 91. Now you heard me talk about how I became convinced. Are you convinced? Or at least or maybe getting convinced? Are you going to make it? What will the devil tell you? He will tell you, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. What's that connected to? Care. Care. You're not going to make it. But if the Lord sustains you, you will make it. Are you going to make it or not? I don't know, Brother Keith. Y'all pray for me. I sure hope so. That's not going to cut it. I'm sorry. That's not going to cut it. You don't know how bad it is. I'm talking about how bad it is. If it's that bad, you need some big help. If it's that big of a deal, then it has already gotten beyond you. Yes. And beyond what you and your buddies can do. Yes. So you need some big help. Yes. Right? Yes. How are you going to get the big help? Yes. Here's where religion has really gone off the rails. You don't get the big help by begging for it. That's right. And by crying and being scared and feeling sorry for yourself and saying, I'm not going to make it. That is doing the opposite of what the Lord told us to do. That's not faith. If you say, I'm not going to make it, and you believe it in your heart that you're not going to make it, and you keep saying, there's no way we're going to make it, then spiritual principles revealed in the Bible are working in your life to be sure that you don't make it. You can't just ignore everything the Lord has said. No? What do we got to do? Come on, help me out. What do we got to do? I don't care how bad it is, how hard it is, how tough it is. Show me step one. Step one, get that stuff off of me. Here, Lord. Here. Here. I'm not carrying this. And then what else? I'm expecting some sustaining power. Is that right? To show up. In my heart, my mind, my soul, my body, my finances, my family. Is that right? Yes. This should be ringing in our spirits tonight. He will sustain me. Come on, say it out loud. He will sustain Me. One more time. He will sustain me. And I can tell some folks believe it because it makes you happy. You're excited about it. So I know you believe it. Hallelujah. Did he sustain Jacob? He said my whole life through. God has fed me. He kept me from evil. He protected me. Will he do the same for anybody that will believe him? He's no respecter of persons. He is a respecter of faith. But he's no respecter of persons. In Psalm 91, are you there? Yes, sir. Psalm 91, you ready to get happy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Psalm 91, 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. How many think that's a happy place? Yes. Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Do you suppose there's any sustaining power? Under the umbrella of his presence. Oh, yes, there is. Keep going. I will say of the Lord. Now see, faith says things, doesn't it? I will say. See, when we talk about 91st Psalm and God protecting and keeping, sometimes all people want to talk about is God's part. But God's faithful to do his part. We have a part in this. Here's one of our parts. I will do what? I will say of the Lord. What are we saying? He don't care about me. (laughs) I don't see how I'm going to make it. No, no. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, you must say this. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He's my God. In him will I trust. And how many understand? You're talking about, I'm going to make it through. Yes. He's my protection. He, he's my safe place. He sustains me. Keep going. Surely. Now, now you've got to connect surely with verse 2. If you're saying that and believing that, surely he's going to deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. You might say, what all is that? It's bad stuff. Verse 4. He'll cover you with his feathers. The picture is like a little chick under the mother hen's wings. Do you know who the little chick is? Beep, beep. That's you, little chick. (laughs) How many think it'd be foolish for a fluffy little fuzzy look, li- yellow chick buzzing around going I can't fix the world I can't fix the world I can't fix it I can't fix it the world's too big it's too hard I can't fix it <laughs> silly chick you should know this already quit worrying your little fuzzy yellow head and do what come on do what do what Run! No, you best not be out there by yourself, worrying and scared and running around. You are in danger. You better run and get under the wings. Hallelujah. And in His truth will be your shield and your buckler. Keep on reading, keep on reading. You'll not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. Now, listen, this is not just. Experience, it's also a decision. I refuse to fear. Come on, can you see this? I refuse to yield to this. I refuse to fear. Nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. Keep going. A thousand will fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand. But what? Yes. It shall not come near you. You, now that is supernatural, isn't it? I don't care if we're talking about so-called natural disaster. I don't care if it's some kind of plague, some kind of disease that's sweeping the land, or if it's some kind of crime wave, whatever it is. How many can see all of these are covered in this, aren't they? Every one of these are covered. What can the man or woman that is trusting in him, casting the cares over on him, refusing to fear and confessing... God keeps me. He's my refuge. He's my protection. What can they expect? They can expect if thousands are perishing all around them when the dust clears, they'll be standing there. Because the Lord sustained them. Kept them. Oh, somebody say, he keeps me. He keeps me. God is keeping me keeping me. Do you know why you still here tonight? <laughs> why are you and I still here tonight? How many would be honest enough and know it's true if God hadn't kept you? Oh, you'd have been out of here so many times. So many times. Huh? I mean all the stupid stuff you've done. And then all the stuff you had no control over. Wasn't even aware of. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But the Lord and His holy angels Amen. has kept you. Come on, He has kept you until this present hour. Come on, if He kept me till now, if He kept me till now, can He keep me the rest of the way? Can I? Why couldn't He keep me the rest of the way so that I make it all the way? He can. And he will. And he will. Yes, he will. And see, a part of him being able to do that is you believing and saying that.
1: Yes.
0: If you go, wow, you just never know. You just never know. You don't know if this is true or not.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, you just never can tell what God's going to do. He's not going to do what he said he would do. No, don't you listen to all that. You need to be able to talk bold. This will make religious people mad. This verse right here in the Bible makes religious people angry. Oh, it don't make them angry if they read it, but if you stand up and say it in the first person, it makes them mad. So you just ought to say it right now. Come on, say it out loud. If a thousand falls over here, and ten thousand falls on the other side, it won't touch me. It won't happen to me. Hallelujah. Phyllis and I practice this all the time. Our staff practices. I mean, if we hear some, see, the enemy is always trying to put fear in you. Always, And anytime something bad happens. He wants that to be published. So that people hear it. And he can come and say. That could happen to you. Well they were a good person too. You don't think you're any better than they are do you? Well, just you know. It could happen to you. And try to get that seed sown. Well I guess it could. Hope it don't. Yeah, but it might. There's a short step from it might to it probably will. If he can get you to accept that it might, he can work on you to get you believing it probably will. Phyllis and I have learned. We practice it all the time. Just a few days ago, something came up and it was a bad thing. that had happened in a church, in the ministry. And with, without us even thinking, we said at the same time, that'll never happen to us. Amen. That will not happen. And it's not because we think we're better or smarter. That's not it. Our faith is not in us. Our faith's in him. Come on, are you listening? I'm not the one that wrote this. I didn't make this up. This is not something I came up with. This is something he gave us. If He gave, it, How many believe if he gave it to us, it must be okay for us to say it. Believe it. Expect it. If you're not going to believe the Bible, what are you going to believe? You know, Me and Mike was flying in from somewhere the other day. We heard about a bad thing happen to an airplane. Immediately, we saw, you know what we say? That'll never happen to us. Why? That's, never, that's not going to happen to us. Why? Because God's keeping us. He's sustaining us. If he needs to, he will get a hold of Keith by the ear and go, boy, you better listen to me. Don't do that. Stop. Stop. I've asked him to. I've invited the Holy Spirit into my life. I say, arrest me. Get a hold of me. I'm asking you to. Right? Arrest me. Shake me. Stop me in my tracks. And go, Keith. Huh? Stop it. Turn and go another direction. How many know that alone can save your life right there? That, that can ex- put years, add years to your ministry and life and everything else. And all this is tied together, but if you believe it's liable to happen to you and you don't know why and you, you just yield to the fear and hold on to the cares and the fears, you're not going to have the protection. But if you'll do what this verse is talking about, what this psalm is talking about, come on, sit out loud, I dwell, I dwell. in this secret place. of the Most High High, under the shadow shadow, of the Almighty. Almighty. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. fortress. He keeps me. me. A thousand thousand may perish on one side. side. Ten thousand thousand perish on the other side. side. But it won't touch me. It It won't happen to me why because God is my refuge et cetera, et cetera. and he's, he's protecting he's sustaining me that's why and so when it didn't happen to me and it happened to all these other folks it's not time for me to start bragging acting like it was because I was a spiritual that's how you get in trouble no what's it time to do thank you Lord how'd y'all make it through that the Lord sustained us. Is that right? The thing is he'll sustain any of us if we'll trust him and do what he said. Oh hallelujah. Keep reading. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because you've made the Lord which is my refuge even the most high your habitation there shall no evil befall you neither shall any plague Come near your dwelling. Come on, say it out loud. There shall no evil, shall no evil befall, me. befall me. Now, didn't Jacob refer to this? He said the angel of the Lord kept him from evil all the days of his life. God fed him, sustained him, and that angel protected him, he said. Neither shall, say it out loud, neither, neither. Shall, any shall any plague come nigh my dwelling." That includes West Nile virus. That includes, what is it, that Asian bird flu, whatever it is. There's a lot of different variations. Swine flu, this flu, that flu, the other. And I know not nothing funny about it. It's deadly stuff. But, but, but. What makes you any different? It's not me we're talking about. It's him. Amen. If anything would make me any different, it'd just be me believing him. Yeah. Is that right? right? Resisting the fear, casting the cares, and trusting what he said yeah. to sustain me. Yeah. That would be the difference. And we need to see to it that that difference is ever present. Yeah. Said out loud, no evil will befall me. No evil will befall me. Neither, shall any neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. Now, if that's going to happen, it'll be because there was some kind of interference. We're talking about divine interference with the normal progress of this. God's always done it with his people. He's never changed. When he brought out the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage, did anybody remember what happened on that deal? The judgments came on Egypt, didn't it? Plagues swept through the land, devastating swarms of flies and locusts and frogs. Don't you know that was a nasty plague? (laughs) They said they had frogs in the oven. No thanks. And uh, there was... uh, Blood problems and there were hailstorms, and, and there was all kind of stuff. But in the land of Goshen, where God's people were, you couldn't find the plague. Well, now that'd be like driving down here to the Missouri Arkansas state line. There's no fence, there's no physical barrier. And yet, you got disease killing people on this side of the state line and everybody's healthy and fine over here on the other side of the state line. Even though it was not physical, how many know there must have been a barrier? There had to be some kind of protective barrier. Oh, you know what? Long before there were any Star Trek shows... Or any other kind of sci-fi. God had force fields. God has always had force
1: fields.
0: What what do you mean? Where do you see a force field? Verse 1. Verse 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the most high. What's secret about it? A number of things. But one of the things is you can't see it. You don't know where it come from, how it got there, what it is, what it's made out of, but it's still real. Of the most high shall abide, what? Under the shadow of what? Is this nothing or is it something? something. It's something. It's got to be something keeping you from the plagues and the problems that he's mentioning in these following verses. Mm, verse four, He'll do what? Cover you with his feathers. I say feathers, God's got feathers. There's probably a lot more here than we even know about. But there are there, there is that that covers us. and it's like a shield and a buckler, a protection. Somebody say, I have protection. Over me. over me, he covers me, he covers me. With, his power. with his power. Verse 11, here's something else that's at work, keeping us and protecting us. In addition to this force field, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. To do what? Keep to keep you. Somebody say, I'm a kept man or woman. <laughs> I'm a kept man. You're a kept man or woman. What does that mean? God is keeping me. He's keeping me. I'm kept. I got the force field over me. I got the angels watching over me. Ready to assist and intervene. Is this fairy tale? Is this just speculation? and imagination if God's real this is real yes. and he is yep. and so is it yes. and we shouldn't be hard to convince because we've already come through a few things yes. and missed a bunch of the, come on is that right we've already to get this far yes. you know it's true yes. have you ever had it in these moments Whew. Yes. Whew. Yes. that was close Could have been a whole lot closer than you even knew. Phyllis and I, oh, what was this, 20 years ago? We were there in Tulsa in the car. Going down, there was this, in the middle of town there, there was this uh, two or three lanes of traffic this way, two or three lanes of traffic this way, and a big median kind of a dirt mound built up with some little trees and stuff on. it. We're just driving down through there, talking, everything's fine. All at once, we see dirt flying up in the air. And here comes this car up over the median, and it's coming, I mean as straight for us as it can come, just to us. We had no time to try to remember any scriptures. (laughs) We had no time to make any long prayers. You know what we had time enough to say, didn't even think about it, just jumped out of us. Jesus. (laughs) Both of us. But the great thing about it is we didn't say it in panic. I was so pleased and blessed that how calm both of us were. You know why? Because among other things, we're not afraid to die. You don't have to be afraid to die. And I mean just, I don't know. I, I don't know at the time, it happened so quick. It was headed straight to us and just like that it went boom. Just turned 90 degrees and barely missed us. Dirt was all over the car. But not a scratch. Not a touch. I believe there was some intervention. What do you think? (laughs) When I was 16. Let's see. Am I thinking right? Mm -mm. I was 17 and a half. I got a motorcycle. The one I'd been wanting. The fast one. I'd been working, saving my money. Working, saving my I got it. And, uh, you know, what's the use of having a fast motorcycle?
1: Uh
0: Uh-huh. So I I was on this little country road by myself. Nobody out there. I thought, I'm going to open this bad boy up. And I did. And it came on strong. And I was smiling until I come into a curve. And I was going way too fast for that curve. And I did everything I could. <laughs> and it was too late. And it was too much. And I went off the side of the road. And I went into the uh, the dirt and the gravel. And the thing starts doing this. Well, usually that's it. I mean, a bike does that. You're gone. Usually next thing, it goes over. And then it starts flipping and tumbling. It went, whoom, whoom, whoom. And I just thought, oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And some way or another, faster than you can blink your eyes, it's like somebody pulled the back of it, straightened it out, boom, popped it up on the road, and I'm sitting there like, what just
1: happened?
0: I'm just going down the road, normal. And I look back there, and the dirt and stuff was still in the air, settling down. I thought, oh, Lord. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a teenager, and I'm... You know, God hadn't been my first focus. I thought, I'm going to church. (laughs) I believe there was some intervention. Anybody in here got a story like that? Come on, I want to see. You got a story or three stories or 10 or 20. Come on, I want to see a hand. You got a story. I know you do. You know what happened? God has given his angels. Charge over you. And even some thing, even when you weren't living right and knowing what to do, he knew one day you'd say yes. He knew one day you'd be his and he gave his angels charge over you. And out of his mercy, he kept us. He kept us. Now how many think it'd be better to not do stupid stuff? <laughs> don't don't tempt the Lord. Don't do dumb things. Don't expose yourself to, you know, that kind of thing. Don't do that. I'm giving that as an example of what don't do. But even in such a situation, he gave his angels charge over us, and they kept us in all our ways, even on the side of the road. That was part of our ways. Keep going. What will they do? They will bear you up. In their hands. You believe that? Are angels real? Do they have hands? Can they pick you up? Easily. (laughs) They pick you and your car up. They pick you and your house up. (laughs) Bear you up in their hands. Lest you dash your foot. Against a stone. Anybody believe this? Hallelujah. That would be the Lord sustaining you. Now, as we get to the end of this psalm, you see to what end, to what purpose. Keep going. You'll tread on the lion, the adder, the young lion and dragon, you'll trample under feet. Because he set his love upon me, therefore, what? Will I or I will deliver him? I will set him on high because he has known My name. He'll call on me. Yeah, we were hollering Jesus in the car. I was on the motorbike. He'll call upon me and I'll answer him. I will be with him in trouble. How many can testify he's telling the truth? He he was with me. He was with me. He was with you. I will be with him in trouble. Now what will happen when he is with us in trouble? I will Deliver him and honor him. Keep reading. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Oh, hallelujah! 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 What was our part in all of this? We cast all our care on him. We refused to worry and fear. Is that right? We resisted it. We confessed and say, the Lord is my refuge. He keeps me. Is that right? Yes. We cooperated with him in our faith and holding on to him. And what did he do? This is a picture of what happened with Jacob from the time he was a boy to the time he's an old man. This is a picture of Of what's available to every child of God. From the time you come into this world. To the time you leave here. Read it again verse 16. Let me read this to you from another translation actually. What did he say with what? With long life. I'll satisfy him. Are you satisfied yet? With long life I'll satisfy him. And do what? Show him. My salvation. Listen to the complete English version. CEV says, You will live a long life and see my saving power. Isn't that what the whole Psalm's talking about? With long life, I'll satisfy him and what? Show him my salvation. What is salvation? Saving. What kept you from the plagues? What kept you from the destruction that wasted at noonday? God's saving power. Somebody say God's saving power. The easy to read says it in a similar way. It says, I will give my followers a long life and show them my power to save. My power to save. My saving power. If you died at 20 from that disease or that accident, you're not going to make it to long life. Mm -hmm. Or from some act of barbarism, some violence, you're not going to make it. God has to manifest His saving power all through your and my life to get us from there (laughs) all the way to long life where we're satisfied because we have run our entire race, we have finished our course, we have been there done that made the t-shirt and wrote the book and now it's time for us to leave and we're ready to go we're happy about it old come on somebody say old. old old full of days Full of good experiences. Is that right? Full of blessings. Like Abraham, whose blessing has come on us through Jesus Christ, right? Like Jacob, Israel that we read about. Like these different individuals that God showed himself strong and kept them their whole life long. Now the thing is, always be on your guard. Anything that tries to put you in fear, any kind of symptom, any kind of feeling, any kind of thing that's going around, any kind of thing that's happening in the world, in the country, all of it's designed to get you to doubt what you heard tonight. To question it and decide you need to be scared anyway. Because you just never know. And if you do that, you're in trouble. Your fears can come on you. Hmm? How many know that's a spiritual principle? That your fears can come on you. Oh, but if you'll get a hold of yourself. Come on, show me what you do. These cares came on you. These fears, these thoughts, these feelings. Come on, what do you do? What do you do? you? You say, no, no, no. I'm casting all of that. Over on you, and then you go to talking what we talk tonight. You say, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I live under the shadow of the divine force field. There are divine beings, there are holy angels that accompany me. Right? And God has given them charge. What does that mean? What does it mean, God? They've been given charge. God said, you take care of them. They have been charged by God to take care of us. And I am in complete agreement with that. Come on, are you too? I am in complete agreement. I'm saying, angels, you do what he told you to do. (laughs) You watch over me. You take care of me and mine. Is that right? You keep us. If need to, you grab us. Lift us up so we don't hit that. Move us over here so we don't hit that. Move that so it don't hit us, right? This world's a dangerous place. But we are being kept. We are being sustained. Oh, anybody believe this is the word of the Lord tonight? We are being sustained. We are being kept. And he will keep us. He will keep me. He will sustain me